This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. When Toys R Us closed up their stores, it opened up a great opportunity for uh, other retailers to jump on board and really get into uh, the world of toys. Amazon did something even more amazing recently. It mailed out holiday toy catalogs to millions of its customers. The internet giant just one of the retailers competing for shoppers that would have been with Toys R Us. When they went out of business earlier this year, it opened up a great opportunity for businesses like Target, Walmart, Party City, and others. But Toys R Us, as we mentioned a moment ago, isn't entirely out of the picture. Food food chain Kroger selling some of the Toys R Us merchandise and about 600 of its locations. So what will this mean for the upcoming holiday shopping season? Barbara Kahn, marketing professor here at the Wharton School, joins us here in studio. Mark Cohen, director of retail studies at Columbia University's Graduate School of Business, joining us on the phone. He is also the former CEO of Sears Canada, Bradley's, and Lazarus Department Stores. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Great to see you. Mark, great to have you back with us. You bet. So when you look at, at where we stand right now, is there an an absolute benefactor of, of Toys R Us being out of this for the most part, Mark? I think that uh, Amazon is the big winner, although I'm sure that the toy business will be good at uh, Walmart and Target. And uh, Kroger, through these pop-ups, will invariably do more business than they've ever done in the category. So, uh, you know, little Johnny and Mary are not going to be without <laughs> gifts for the holiday. Uh, the question is, where will their parents or their grandparents or whoever's buying their gifts um, uh, purchase them? And uh, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of choices. Barbara? Yeah, it's an interesting category. I think of it as a defender category because if you're a family and that's a, a a, a customer that a lot of retailers want, you'll have kids and you'll have to buy toys somewhere. So you are seeing toys showing up in interesting retailers. Like I understand Best Buy, for example, in addition to Kroger's, yep. Yep. Best Buy is also offering toys. And so what it offers is you're going to the store to buy toys, and while you're there, you'll buy in the other categories. And I think that's one of the reasons it's a really competitive area right now. I mentioned that I, I went through a, a Sears store recently. Now, Sears, I think, has had an element of this before, but it just, you know, in this middle of this area that just has has nothing going on, here is Sears putting in a little bit of, of toys to try and drive any kind of business at right, this point. Right, Yeah, so if you're coming in for toys and then you buy something else. It, you know, it used to be that way with diapers, same kind of category, something, well, different, but, yeah. but still catering to kids. Um, and when you need that category, you want to have it even if you're selling other items in the store. How much of a, of a shift is this, uh, Mark? Because when you think about Toys R Us, uh, it's been talked about a lot, and I think we've talked about it with you, is that when you look at the majority of the year, uh, many of these locations were for the most part empty. And, and you would get the occasional customer coming in, uh, having to buy for a birthday party, or as you have both mentioned, buying something for their kids. But there was a lot of time where these stores were empty. So I wonder how much of a shift this really is. You know, the toy, the physical toy business has been... Uh, flat to down for years as uh, as the the toy industry has shifted over to apps and other electronic uh, products uh, which tend to be uh, viable all year round because uh, customers are buying tablets iPads uh, if you will all year round 
and and certainly smartphones are loaded with all sorts of games and and other attractions uh, that are geared toward kids. The fact of the matter is that um, Toys R Us had this terrible problem where this space, this enormous amount of square footage, was extremely productive for about five, six, seven weeks, and then fell off a cliff. Right. Uh, they 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 held the inventory and uh, waited until the season came around the next year. And it wasn't um, helped by seasonality and trends. Some toys were hot, some toys weren't. Exactly. And they never had enough of the hot toys because they had competition from Walmart and Target and Amazon, who got their share, uh, in some cases, ahead of Toys R Us, uh, where in the past Toys R Us named their their quantities and the industry just complied. So then how do you you view the move by Amazon, Barbara, to to go... With the catalog, yeah, and the fact that they have QR codes in the catalog as well, right? It's very interesting the catalog. I mean, well, I've seen some research on this actually that the catalog still drives a lot of business, especially if you're not getting tons and tons of them. So right. if it's an exception, and, and Amazon is targeting. For example, I didn't get an Amazon toy you know, catalog, but people I know that have kids did. Imagine that. You yeah, know, they're yeah. sending them to the right places, so that makes sense. But you know, a lot of the uh, toys, a lot of that is driven by emotion. And there's been studies that show that the emotion and the branding and that kind of stuff is better served in a physical catalog that's better to- better for storytelling and that kind of stuff. So I imagine yeah. well-targeted, smart catalog sending that can capture this emotion will help drive toy business for Amazon. I think it's a good move. Mark? And it's interesting. Mark? Uh, you know, you know the, the toy catalog... For years, has been the uh, the showroom, which has uh, given customers a sense of what's available, and then driven them to competition, who found shopping at Target or Walmart more convenient, or in some cases at lower prices. So, Toys R Us has for years been creating a problem with themselves uh, in, in 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 using this device. It's a it's it's got a human component. There are there are parents who sit and go through the catalog and come up with their shopping list. There are parents who share the catalog, who have shared historically the catalog with their kids and ask them to pick out their favorite toys. Uh, interestingly, the Amazon catalog is a whole lot better looking than yeah, what I remember of the Toys R Us catalog. Absolutely. It, it, it's got much more uh, production value. It's, it's laid out in a much more appealing way. And to Barbara's point, the QR code connection is just brilliant. Uh, uh, browse, decide, click, you're done. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Speeds up the process, and it, it is, again, going back to a lot of things in retail right now, Mark, it is convenient for the consumer. Convenient and emotional and storytelling. I mean, I think that's what's nice about it. Yeah. Um, and especially at the holiday time, you don't want to lose some of that magic, you know? I mean, I think that's great. Mark? Well, I, I, again, I want to underscore that the production values of Amazon's catalog are remarkable. I mean, it's a very good-looking piece. It's an engaging piece. Uh, I went through it this morning, and I'm not a toy customer, but it certainly draws you into the category, and it's, it's designed to be of appeal to both adults and kids. Yeah. What is it specifically, and, Mark, that, that, that does attract you so much? Well, it's 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 a high quality pitch for the toys of the season. It's an it's it, it's got information and it's got visual appeal, 
and it's got um, some some uh, pagination, which makes sense, that draws you through it. You want to go page by page. Yeah, and it's not cluttered. Spread. It's not overdone. It's you know, there's a lot of spacing and stuff. It's it's really it's, attractive. It's not cluttered. It's not your typical Macy's yeah. Toys R Us style vendor logos inserted to ensure that vendors will pay for their piece of the page, that sort of thing. My guess is Amazon produced this entirely independently of the vendor community and probably got vendor support in the form of reduced pricing, but didn't seek vendor support for uh, layout approval, things of that sort. I mean, they took a, a, a consumer's view of the category, and I think they're going to reap an enormous benefit for it. So can Barbara target Walmart, uh, these other entities, can they try and go down that road, or is it just not really you know, good business sense in their business model because of you know, being able to try and reach out to the that specific customer who might need the toy. Well, I mean, I think both Target and Walmart are doing some really cool stuff themselves, you know, right. and they're definitely giving Amazon a run for their money. Target tends to do more designy kinds of cool things, and yeah. I know a lot of kids and a lot of parents that just love the Target store. You know, they just can't wait to run into the Target store. When they're yeah. smaller f- footprint stores and cities and things like that, they're much more easily, you know, they're, they're easily accessible, and so I think they'll compete, whether or not they'll come out with the catalog, I don't know, but they'll also compete in-store. And Walmart is doing interesting things with their partnership with Jet and all this other stuff, trying yep. to bring in high-end brands and stuff like that. So whether it's toys or apparel or other kinds of Christmas gifts or holiday gifts, I think both Walmart and Target are definitely retailers to watch. They are doing really interesting things. Mark? Well, you know, the, the, the problem that Walmart and Target and other omni-channel retailers have when they advertise a category like toys is there's a presumption that the toys they present are available in their stores. And staying in stock on a you know, seasonal category with a definite zero out date is a real challenge when you have thousands of stores with shelves that are you know, very difficult to forecast and, and protect. Whereas Amazon simply um, uh, has to be able to fulfill uh, you know, on a on a uh, an e-commerce basis, so Amazon has an easier time making the transaction succeed, whereas Walmart and Target have a problem because their customers going to expect to find it both online and in store, and it's almost impossible to protect the in-stock position of a category like toys on specific SKUs right through the teeth of the holiday. I mean. The, the only way to do that is to have an enormous amount of excess inventory after the holiday, which is something that Toys R Us typically had yeah. to their detriment. And Walmart and Target definitely don't want to have, nor does Kroger, for example. Oh. So I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to they're gonna go all in from a marketing point of view. To Barbara's point, uh, Target will be much more engaging and, uh, and, and stylish than Walmart typically. But again... The big winner, the, the, the retailer that's knocked the 
the cover off the ball, the ball sailing into the far reaches of the parking lot is going to be Amazon. <laughs> you know, one thing we didn't talk about with that catalog that I think is interesting, and when you, I was thinking about it as you were talking, when thinking about that Amazon does have some stores, um, and one of the new things yeah. they're doing in stores is this four-star s- store. And they also did that in the catalog, this notion of what are the best sellers that the customers are buying. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is really interesting that's different about Amazon and the way retail has been typically done is it used to be the merchant's eye or as you said uh, Mark you know the vendor deciding which brands would be featured and you know paying for brand logos at bloody bloody blah coming from the product side another thing that's really different about Amazon is they featured their best sellers they let the customers talk and I was really surprised I don't know Mark if you've been into one of those four-star Amazon stores but it's really a collect a eclectic collection of stuff yeah it's not merchandised at all in product categories, but it's more like, what are the best sellers? And therefore, there are a lot of things that are fun to look at and fun to buy. Well, I haven't seen the store in person, but I've seen an extensive uh, uh, video roll. But there's only a handful of them. No, so. right. There's not very many. But I just, but the toy catalog was done that way also with the best sellers. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And that's a very customer-focused Amazon approach that really shockingly, in my opinion, hasn't really been shown before. Like uh, Amazon kind of invented that notion. Let's let's lead with what the thing, what are selling best, what people like. Well, it's a it's a simple idea, but very difficult to execute because. It involves the the, uh, the analysis of of data right. uh, in a very accurate and careful way. And Amazon has been investing in the techniques that enable them to present customer preferences you for know, many, many years. They're way ahead of everyone. And one of the things, just to comment on that point, um, that I thought was interesting, is in those four-star stores, the price is digital. And the price changes so yeah. that it's completely in keeping with the online. So to your point, it's data-driven, yep. it's omni-channel, it's a very different approach. I, I wanted to also touch on uh, the fact that even though Toys R Us doesn't have the, the big box store, we are seeing, the, as I mentioned at the top, Kroger and the, the company that owns Toys R Us through the bankruptcy are doing these Jeffrey's Toy Box locations in, in Kroger locations, which is, uh, you know, I, I mean, Grocery stores have toys; they've yeah. always had it, but not not high quality. And and so, to a degree, this is a unique partnership. I think. Yeah, it's really interesting. Kroger's doing a lot of things. I've been studying Kroger a little just to see how it's been responding to all of the you know competition from Amazon going into food and Walmart and Target really doubling down on the grocery part of it. And a lot of Kroger's definitely trying to keep up. And they, I saw a lot of studies that showed they're making investments in categories and, and in business that they just hadn't historically done. And they recognize that a lot of these plays on Amazon, quote unquote, the everything store, Walmart and Target selling lots of things. Kroger's needs to go into these other categories to compete because people are used to this one-stop shopping now. Yeah. Mark? Well, Kroger's going into general merchandise uh, as a, a move towards survival. Uh, the drugstore chains, CVS and uh, Walgreen Boots, are going into food as a, as a step towards survival. Uh, there's a tremendous scramble going on to remain relevant, and, and that means provide the customer with more things they might choose to shop for in a more convenient and, a, and compelling way. Uh, the, 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 the ultimate disruptor, of course, is, is Amazon, which has got which has got which has got this this creeping market share strategy 
all across the board, uh, which is just amazing. The winner, of course, is the consumer who gets more and more access to more yeah. and more things and at lower and lower prices, typically. What does this also mean for the toy makers, like the Hasbros and the Mattels of the world, Mark? Well, they, they've been struggling with uh, Toys R Us as a major customer for years, um, a business in decline and a business that's been under threat. Uh, they're probably enjoying the fact that uh, Amazon is a big buyer. Walmart and Target are big buyers. And uh, uh, th- there's some stability in their future, if you will, as they look toward uh, 2019 and 20. I don't know what they make of the uh, pop-up phenomenon that Kroger is engaged in. I guess uh, everyone will have to wait and see how successful that is to understand whether that's a go-forward idea or not. I think that pop idea is a good idea. You know, you see it a lot in seasonal things like Halloween pop-up stores and Christmas tree pop-up stores. It kind of makes sense to have a pop-up store rather than a 12-month store for something that is so seasonal. I think that really is a move in the right direction. You know, in a smaller way, you always saw it in grocery stores. The front of the store would change as a function of what was seasonal. So it's not a brand new idea. It's just this notion of a pop-up store per se. But you always had seasonal merchandise in the front of the grocery store but again you know when and when i think mark about going into the grocery store you would my kids would it will invariably and they still do today invariably going to look at the at the books and those toys they're i guess to a degree not to you know throw salt on them but they're a little bit of knockoff toys from some mm-hmm. from the stuff that you would see uh in the toy store so i mean if the consumer can can kill two birds with one stone here right. and get a quality toy then then why not at this point right the only thing I'd have to say is that uh, every year there's a handful of real winners. Uh, right. And That's the, the people issue. managing this pop-up strategy are not likely to get their hands on that. Yeah. Uh, the industry is going to uh, invariably focus on the big, longer-term players uh, who are more reliable in the way in which they engage. Uh, not to say that this isn't going to be a bonanza for Kroger if they manage it well. Um, and to Barbara's point, this is not unusual for them. They go after Halloween. They go after uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter, uh, holidays of that sort uh, by expanding assortments that, that suit. But, uh, you know, the, the fact is Toys R Us was failing for years, and uh, there's probably a lot of folks in the industry breathing a big sigh of relief that that, that whole ride is over and they can focus on the future in a more positive way. Barbara? Yeah, I, I agree. It's a kind it's interest it's always interesting, you know, at this time of year to speculate how holiday shopping will go and yeah. the news media is constantly predicting and forecasting sales. I think in general, I think people are predicting a pretty healthy holiday season this yeah. year. Yep. Um that's those are the things that I've heard. People are cautiously optimistic that it'll be a good season. Well, and then you see some of the reporting uh, where where the uh, the uh, annual forecasts are being raised by some of these retailers, and that does give you a, a belief that it is going to be good. But you wonder how much of that is from segment to segment, and obviously, adults will you know spend money in a lot of different locations. You said before, if you're a parent, you are going to be spending part of your money on your kids, so it could be in that toy sector as well. So it, it could be a very very good uh, holiday season, Mark, especially with uh, some of the things that are, you know, economically going on in the country, people feeling a little bit better right now. 
I think I think the retailers who have been doing well for Q1, Q2, and some are actually reporting uh, Q3 will continue to do well. For instance, Walmart will continue to do well. Target is likely to continue to do well. But then there's Sears, which is well, basically completely yeah. out of gas. <laughs> JCP. And, and JCPenney, yeah. JCPenney is, is circling the drain with them, in a sense. Uh, but, you know, a whole, what do you think you about know, Macy's? I saw some that Macy's seems to be reporting some good numbers now, and they yeah. really have been trying to turn their business around. Well, I think Macy's is a study in a dead cat bounce as opposed to something huh. more robust. They're certainly doing a little better than they had been doing, but the strategies they've begun to articulate, in my opinion, don't have any legs. No, For instance, I kind of agree just, with that. They've just said they're going to reduce space in stores as if this is a new idea, cut inventory back and staffing back. Uh, as a means of economizing. I, the, the, the fundamental problem Macy's has is, what does Macy's stand for? What does Macy's represent? Right. The, the, uh, the tagline they used for years, the magic of Macy's, was really kind of hollow because there really wasn't any magic at Macy's. So, so Macy's is doing better financially, uh, uh, but the street does, isn't really buying into it. And uh, the question remains, what's their go-forward uh, big idea going to be. Do you, do you Mark, Mark? Do you think that going back to the toys for a second? Do you think that there is a a formula out there in this marketplace where you could have a a version of Toys R Us as a box store? May not obviously be as big as as what Toys R Us and the the space that they had. But is there a formula out there where that can can work and be successful in that specific sector? I don't think so. I think the, the the category is far too seasonal to make sense of the uh, the off season investment in space. You know, the targets in Walmart's they flex their square footage up and down. So does Kroger for the for that matter, and so does Amazon. Amazon flexes what they uh, put on their their shelves or the uh, the categories they intend to sell across the calendar. The the problem with a pure toy play is. You're stuck for seven, eight months, nine months. And hence the uh, the focus on diapers. <laughs> at least yeah. that brings exactly, people into exactly. the store. And the problem with diapers, uh, when I was at Mervyn's, we used to sell millions of diapers a week. <laughs> is uh, the margin in, in diapers is really kind of slim. So. You, you have an enormous amount of constant velocity, but you don't get to make a lot of money. So with without having the Babies R Us kind of uh, partnership uh, over the last uh, several years, would the Toys R Us bubble burst even earlier, Mark? Yeah, I think I think so. I think that Babies propped them up in some respects uh, off-season. Barbara? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I keep looking at all these different retailers that are trying new things, like you said, the pop-up in Kroger's. Yeah. You know, going to Kohl's is another one that seems to be they, doing pretty yep, well with yep. the new CEO from Starbucks. And then she has instituted, or both her and the predecessor, to have the Amazon returns in Kohl's. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. And I remember what uh, Mark was saying was reducing store uh, footage. Uh, Kohl's is uh, leasing out to Aldi. Spacing, and yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the idea of, you know, like what he was talking about Walgreens is selling food. Look, now Kohl's is partnering yeah. with all these to have grocery there. So that's kind of interesting. Well, add to that, Bloomingdale's just announced they're going to put uh, high-end LG appliances into their 50 Oh, wow. Stores. That's <laughs> amazing. I hadn't which heard is, that. Which is, uh, frankly, uh, uh, another really bad idea. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, think, I, was, I, think, yeah. I think Macy's would profit <laughs> from putting 
appliances into some that of their, uh, their of underproduction. <laughs> yeah, that that was when you said that. I was like, that doesn't seem <laughs> no. like you're 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 you're, get, you're trying to add one and one and getting about fifteen <laughs> with that type of a decision, That's Mark. Surprising. I think there's a lot of folks out there throwing darts, hoping there's something at the uh, other end of the flight of their dart that represents a target. Unfortunately, that's just not the case for many. And, and again, we, and we've talked with you about this a, a lot, but it, it is something that we have to kind of circle back to is that if this path continues to go, it feels like you're going to have all of this real estate that is going to be available in many cases with nothing in it. Well, well, the WeWork is expanding. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Multi-use space. It seems like that's what all this, and I've read a lot of these Sears stores, and Mark, you may know this better, but a lot of these sales on a one-on-one basis, they are finding uses for the space with multiple uses, not just 100% well, retail. Certainly not 100% well, toys. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of the space will be repurposed successfully, and a lot of it will linger, and some of it will just out-and-out out fail. The, at the end of the at the end of it all, you know the old saw: if we build it, they will come. Uh, worked for a long time, and now, unfortunately, there's so much space that's been built. There's a rationalization that's going to go on probably for the next five or ten years. Yeah, and what I heard about that also is, uh, even though some of the Sears uh, abandoned Sears are being used in good direction, the problem is there's not scale to it. It's it's done one off and things like that, which makes it difficult. Great right. having you both with us. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming in, Barbara. Thank you. Thank this you. has been fun. Thank you, Mark. Great to talk to you again. You bet. Thank you. Mark Cohen from uh, Columbia University's Graduate School of Business. Barbara Kahn from here at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.